Hi, my name is PK from Almost Inevitable Design, and this is a $2.4 million podcast where we talk about web design, web development, and WordPress. Just a heads up, I might be using a bit of profanity, and I, I will be using a lot of profanity in this episode, which is why I checked on the explicit tag. Explicit tag. If you are enjoying this podcast, I'd appreciate it if you left me a good rating on iTunes and Spotify. And if you have any questions, feel free to come down to almostinevitable.com and leave a comment. Also, if you have any friends who need to hear this shit, go ahead and recommend it and share it, please. Okay, welcome back. This is episode 16, uh, None But My Own. It is a song off of Machine Head, Machine Head, Machine Head's 1994 album, Burn My Eyes. And it is, it's their debut album. It's a really cool album. I used to play that CD a lot. It is one of my favorite albums in metal. And um, this song is, uh, the song that I chose for the title for this one is None But My Own. And it is because we are going to talk about the build. So remember the nine-step web design process? I'm going to go through that real quick. Number one, get the brief. Number two, get the quote. I'll provide the quote. Number three, get the deposit. Number four, provide the proof. Number five, get the approval. Number six, provide the build. Number seven, get the, get the final approval. Number eight, get the balance. Number nine, provide the migration. We are at step six and this is going to be a two-part episode because uh, providing the build means we're actually going to be um, making the website which is you know the the biggest task that we are we're taking right so uh, it's gonna it's gonna have to be two episodes and this one i'm gonna start with a title number my own because the most important thing that i want to start with that i want to emphasize when we start this whole step six providing the build part is install the preview wordpress on servers none but your own okay that means always install wordpress and build on a server that you control okay now we're going to get into that why okay what, what do i mean by something that you control what i mean is that it's not that you get the login details and you can log into the back end and change things. It's you own the hosting, all right? You have to own the domain and you have to own the server. It has to be registered under an email that you control. That is the most important thing. That is so, so important that it's, it's yeah. Um, I, I I think I see this kind of shit happening uh, probably every other week. Uh, go just hanging out in the Facebook groups and forums, Reddit and all that. You end up seeing someone asking a question about a client and how that relationship has gone sour. And a lot of times I've seen, and you've probably seen this too, and this might have happened to you too. You, what happens is maybe the client didn't like it or maybe the client's being unresponsive. Maybe the client just, just you know, just packed their shit up and left. Who knows? You don't, we don't know, right? So something happened, right? And um, the website is being built on the live domain, on the live server. 
and it is the client's server. Then suddenly the client doesn't like them, they wanna lock them out or whatever, they're not paying. There's a lot of things that can happen and if you do not control your uh, the domain and the server, there's nothing you can do, all right? There's absolutely shit, fuck all you can do, all right? Now, it only, it, it only takes one experience. Seriously, it only takes one experience. People, I've seen people comment on those, um, on those posts saying like, oh, it's all about trust. Like, fuck you, it's not about trust. Fuck the fuck off, motherfucker. It's not about trust, fuck off. If it is about trust, what, what are you gonna do? Like you're gonna, you're gonna pinky promise and shit? No, that's, that's so fucking stupid immature. Like fucking, oh, stupid motherfuckers just keep saying that shit. Um, and some fucking, like the old people say it's, it's all about trust with the client, like fuck the fuck off. And like younger kids are like, they're being badass and like it's never, no problem has happened because I, no, it's fucking stupid. Look, if you can, if the client hire someone or find someone like a nephew or a niece who knows a little bit about WordPress, who knows how to migrate stuff, if it is their domain, then they can shut you out. It's so easy to shut you out. Like you can, maybe you can, you can be like, oh, I'll take the WordPress, I'll take the admin account and I'll change the password and all that shit. No, fucking no, no. Like there's absolutely nothing you can do from a WordPress perspective that can block out someone who controls the server, okay? Let's say you change the admin Password, that's so easy to change if you have access to MySQL. The database, there's nothing that can override the database. Let's say you um, block the client's IP from connecting. If they have the server, they can just go in and, and, and delete uh, that plugin or just turn the setting off. It's just, it's just a click of a few mouse clicks. It's so easy to lock you out if it is their domain and their server, which is why you should never, ever, ever, ever build on their server, okay? What should you do? Well, one thing that I do is, you know how my website is almostinevitable.com, right? Um, I saw pork bun, <laughs> fucking pork bun is an actual name of a domain registrar, and I, I, I love Porkbun, it's porkbun.com. You go to Porkbun, you can buy a lot of um, dot .design websites. They sell them pretty cheap. So you can get a dot .design website, you can get a dot .site website, uh, domain that is. And I, I own almostinevitable.net, I own almostinevitable.com, of course, almostinevitable.design and almostinevitable .com.au, which is the Australian one, and almostinevitable.site. I have, what, how many is that? Com, net, comau, design, and site. Yeah, five. Five almost inevitables. And two things about this. Um, one is if you start buying a lot of um, domains under a pretty similar name, not similar, but if you start buying a lot of domains under the same name um i i get i always get like people in fucking china 
saying like, oh, is, is Almost Inevitable your company? Someone is trying to register almostinevitable.cn, which is a Chinese uh, uh, top-level domain, TLD. Um, TLD is uh, .com, .net, those are called TLDs, top-level domains. Uh, anyways, so someone, this guy sent me an email, it's like, oh, someone in China is trying, someone is trying to buy almostinevitable.cn. I'm not sure if this is, if this is from your company, so, um, you know, so I blocked it, but if you're willing to buy it and if you're thinking about expanding into China, you can buy the domain from us and you should, you should be happy that we kept it from, you know, falling into other hands and stuff. So I said, yeah, that's me. That's, uh, I, I sent someone to buy that domain. And the guy was like, I, <laughs> I said, yeah, that's me. I sent that guy to buy the domain. He's like, no, no, you don't understand. See, this guy was trying to buy your domain, which I'm sure was your company. I said, no, no, that's me. That, that's me. I, I hired him to do that. And, and that guy just fucked off. <laughs> I got rid of him. I'm not, I'm not interested in getting to China. I've gotten, I've gotten like three, four uh, requests from China like that. So for, for some other websites that I've have had in the past I've gotten contacted I've I've been contacted from China for a few of those um, domains so that happens if you start buying up a few of the same brand domains but anyways um, second second thing that I was going to say is I build subdomains on almost inevitable dot site all right so whatever if it's like a, a fuckhead client then it's a fuckhead client dot almost inevitable dot site and I build on that website. Sometimes I even have people who have a website, who have not an established website, but a new website with a domain and some themes and plugins installed. And they, um, they say, can I build their website on, on, on that hosting and on that domain? Um, I say, okay. And I ask for login details, I log in and I take the website. I take the website, I migrate it away from them, and I build it on build everything on my domain, my server, and then once they are done, I migrate it back. Okay? I don't even build, I never build on the live site because like I said, it is so easy to get shut out and you will just, you know, you're just losing all your work. And yeah, like um yeah, so that's that's something that I don't know. You, you've got you got to have, you've got to do or experience once, and then you'll be saying never again will I do that. Um, I've that I've had that happen to me. Someone asked for a, a fuckhead client, a fucking dickhead motherfucker client, um, came back to me for his second website. And say like, oh yeah, yeah, I, I liked your work the first time, so I'm, I'm, I wanna, I wanna work with you again. Uh, can you give me a discount? I gave him a discount. Like that motherfucker gave him a discount. Um, and this was when I was like, like that was like, oh, it was, it was a long time ago. Anyways, so this guy, and this is like, as you know, it's before this happened. Uh, so. I built on his website, all right? I, I started building on my website, but then he wanted me to build it on his website. I was like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll put in some fail-safe switches. Like you can put in some code in the functions or somewhere 
where you can actually register a new uh, new account as an admin. So even if they lock you out, you can actually put in a, a back door into the website. So yeah, um, those are really shady. It's, it's unethical, but it's it's not illegal. So whatever. <laughs> and sometimes sometimes we need that shit. Uh, anyways, so I, I put a fail safe in there and I, I try to take the most best precautions I could. But the thing is, it's the server and the domain was under his name. So I can't control it, right? So even if I try to uh, quarantine the WordPress, it's still under his server, you know? So I did, I did my work and he said, I want to get in. I want to be the admin. Um, what? Anyways. Yeah. I want to, I want to get in. I want to get the admin and I want to, um, just change some stuff. Right. So I said, no, you're not, you're not doing that. I, I'm not going to let you in. And we, we had a few arguments and then he said, um, he didn't reply. I was like, what, what's going on? And then uh, a few weeks later, I see the whole website has been reformatted and start new with a different theme and whatever the shit that he's, he's doing. And yeah, so I didn't get paid to the, the, the balance and that was it. It's done. Like I, I didn't get paid. So that was, that was fucking fun. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's not about fucking trust or you can't be at, uh, yeah, fuck off. Anyways, so, um, if the server and the domain is under their name, there's no way you're going to control that. I've, I've seen, I think I mentioned this before. I've seen some fucking sh pieces of shit practice motherfucker fuck faces actually buy clients domains under their email, under their name, and then sell them uh some the, the server maintenance and all that and basically the client is paying them to you know do have keep everything under their name the client actually has nothing i oh, so many clients get scammed and if you are someone who actually does that by the client's domains under your name you can fuck off you can fuck the fuck off you stop that shit you are giving everybody else a bad name. Stop that shit, all right? Because, you know, it, it's their domain. They wanted to buy it. It should be under their name. Um, yeah, anyways, it's, it's, it's not, it's not, yeah, it's, anyways, um, I, I'm pretty sure you understand how this is gonna go, but anyway, I, I, I don't wanna talk about this so too long because I need to go talk about other stuff. But anyways, I should stop saying anyways because I keep getting distracted by shitheads and their shitty practices oh boy gotta calm the fuck down <laughs> calm down have you noticed that saying calm down will almost never work because the people who have to hear the the you know the calm down part the people who have to calm down are not calm and it just saying it is not going to calm them down <laughs> <laughs> like like someone's yelling at you and you're saying calm down and they're like I'm not calm I am calm no you're not anyways let's get back into this um you don't build on their domain or their server okay oh yeah even if you even if you own the server if you if they own the domain don't build it on their domain because all what they can do is just change the name servers and you're done 
That's it. Done. You lose everything. So none of that works, okay? None of that works, which is why, remember, in step one, I said when you're getting the brief, the first thing you need to check is do they own the domain? All right, so yeah. All right, let's get into other stuff, more technical stuff. Now, if you are listening, um, I mean, of course you're listening, right? But if you are listening at, uh, if you're, so if you're not driving and if you're listening at a, at a desk or somewhere uh, where you can keep notes, these, this, is, um, this could help uh, if you, I guess you, if you're in front of a computer, you can just come check out the, the post for this because there's a lot of things. I'm going to go through a list of a lot of things that I think you can do before installation before and things that you can do before you start building and then things you do during the build. And we're going to go through two things today, things to do before the WordPress installation and things to do before you build. How are they different? Before installation means before you even go online with WordPress and before you build means before you add the content to WordPress. Okay. And the next episode, so next week, we're going to go into the build itself. All right. So I hope that makes sense. All right. Now things to do even before the, the WordPress installation. Now what this is, is you're going to try to get all the assets together. All right. Now we've already done the design. We've already done the copyright. Uh, we've, we've done everything, right? What do we need to do? We need to optimize the images uh, from the proofs. Now, when you're making the proofs, if you're the one who is doing it, it's it's good to actually uh, future proof your proofs. Does that make sense? <laughs> make sure that your proofs will work, will be exported easily, right? Like if you, yeah, so that's why I say, I keep saying don't use screenshots or, you know, if, you, if you're going to use an icon, make sure you use a proper vector icon like an EPS or an AI file or an SVG, right? So if you're going to export assets, they're either going to be, um, images especially are going to be SVG, JPEG, or PNG, right? You can use a GIF here and there, but well, you know, people don't use that, right? Well, not for like, you know, layout stuff or images on the website. It's, they're, they're for reactions. <laughs> so yeah, um, all the vectors are going to become SVGs. Um, all the all the images, regular images are going to be JPEG. Now, when I export SVGs, I try to went it from Illustrator, when I export them, I try to make sure that they are responsive and not fit to a certain size. Responsive means that they will fit whatever div they're inside, which helps you control the size easily and it will be a lot easier for you to make everything responsive. Okay. Um, and for, oh yeah, there's an export panel on in, in Illustrator and you can just drop everything in there. So what I do is I actually make one artboard in Illustrator and this is, I use Illustrator at work and I, I don't like it, but I use Illustrator at work. And this one part actually, I, I like, that's the only thing about Adobe Illustrator that I like having the export panel and you can drop all the, all the icons. When you export the icons, make sure you put them all in one group. It's not the layer. You got to put them all in one group in the under the layer, all right? So all the curves go in one group, okay? If you have like um, a clip 
what is it, a clip, clip mask, clipping mask, get rid of all of those, make everything just a bunch of curves in one group, and you're gonna export the group, okay? Uh, I hope this makes sense, because yeah, um, this, this actually helps a lot when you're exporting SVGs, and then you know it reduces not only the size, it helps with how uh, the SVGs uh, fit, the, fit the space and how they um, work. Uh, you can actually control the SVGs way better if they are built properly, okay? So yeah. Uh, JPEGs, when you export JPEGs, I still use the legacy export feature, uh, which is uh, export for web. It's command alt shift S and command alt shift S. Yeah, command alt shift S. Yeah, and what that does is it opens a new dialog pop-up box thing and you can check the JPEG quality and you can actually see the size it exports in. Um, JPEGs, if it has, if it's more complicated, the file size becomes larger. Even if it's, let's say, for example, 1024 by 768, if it's just, you know, the regular 14, 15 inch monitor size, the old size, iPad size, uh, 1024 by 768, uh, even if it's the same pixel size, if it's just all the same color or very similar color, the file size goes down because it's easier to compress because uh, computers will think uh, if it's the same color, there's little changes, so I can keep that and just go with the, only the small changes, right? And that's how the file size becomes smaller. But if it's more complicated, like trees or uh, aerial shots of cities, those things are a lot larger. So there, you're gonna have to compromise. There's no other way around it. Um, like full screen hero sections, that show like complicated uh, aerials of cities and stuff that you're gonna end up with like 700K or between 500 and 700K. And yeah, there's no other way around it. But if you have like s photos of um, the sky or a big photo of a person's face without hair <laughs> to make it less complicated, it'll be like three to 400K. So. I usually put the JPEG sizes around quality around 60, and that's a that's a good size to start with. That's a good quality to start with because you're not losing a lot of a detail, uh, and you still can keep the size low, uh, the file size low. But Adobe um, is not Adobe Photoshop is not the best. It's not the end. So we're gonna go into plugins after this, so we can talk about that with. Um, optimizing file sizes and their plugins, right? With with a plugin. Uh, PNG files can be useful, especially if you are ambitious enough to have uh, layered items. Like let's say you have uh, a donut on top of, uh, uh, I don't know, wallpaper. Yeah, so donuts are flying, like parallaxing over something, right? Then uh, you're gonna have to use a PNG file, right? So because PNG files have a clear space around it. So you can do that, okay? So, and PNG files are like uh, the old bitmaps. Have you heard of BMP files, the old bitmaps from Windows and stuff? They actually are not compressed. So uh, it's, um, what is it? it it's, it's larger in most cases. Uh, yeah, if, if it has a lot of detail, it's larger and all that. Okay, cool. So. Uh, images and then text. All when when you export the text, 
start with raw text and look at the proof. If you've done the proof, you know which which uh, uh, which sentences are H1, H2, H3, and eight and paragraphs, and you know what are links. So what you're gonna do is you copy the paste, copy the text in raw text into a text editor, and just clean that all up, and then start adding HTML tags to it. Like this is an H1, this is an H2. Once you're done, think about the styles, think about the templates. Like, is this H1 consistent throughout? Is this H2 consistent throughout? Is this H2 gonna have to do something different from the other H2s? Then depending on that, you can add as extra class to it or not. So all of that, start templating and planning everything properly, okay? Um, if you get a little lost, don't worry about it too much. If you were the person who made the proof, you will sort of know what you're doing. Um, and if you got the proof, just look at it holistically, try to make a hierarchy. And if the proof that you got doesn't have any hierarchy at all, and it's a shitty designer, ditch them. <laughs> all right. So it's gonna, that, that's, that's how, and it, it takes a bit of practice. It does take a bit of practice. So uh, yeah, but when, just think about how you would be styling those uh, sentences and those uh, headings, you know, and it sort of falls into place once you practice a little bit, okay? All right, next. Um, and taking all those images in HTML, I, what I, one thing that I do is I take the whole PDF and I just sketch on top of it with my iPad Pro, yay. Uh, I draw out where the lines are supposed to be, how the modules are gonna be split up, where the rows and sections are gonna split up, uh, how large the spaces are in between, whether it's unit one or unit two, that's how I name them, unit one, unit two. Um, whether this is a this is template A, template B, if we if I use the same layout somewhere, then I'm, is it used somewhere else? Then I name this so I can give it a class and all that. So plan everything, all right? All that kind of stuff happens before installation. Okay, before installation, even before you do anything. And sometimes it takes me a long time to, to, to dissect a proof. If it's a shitty, shitty proof, it takes me a long time. Um, and, I, and I really don't like it. And I can tell how tuned in or how switched on a designer is concerning the web from the proofs that I get. I, I judge people from that. So, <laughs> well, everybody judges everybody else from their work, right? So, um, those so so sometimes um, at, at at the office we we hire we hire some we get somebody a junior burger to come in and and slice up the proofs for me so it's easier for me to just you know throw things in there. Um, so, anyways, you're gonna probably end up with a a, a bunch of HTML. So one HTML file per page for me. So if it's a five-page web multi-web multi-page website, there will be like five HTML file files with one maybe a contact form file and stuff like that. And then you'd also have another in another folder all the images, including the SVGs and everything, all of them in one folder, and you're done, right? So you're ready. You have all the assets ready. Okay. Now, whoa, this is actually 27 minutes. There's a lot of things I need to talk about. Oh boy. And there's a lot of news I need to talk about. Oh well, I'll talk, I'll go to the next one. All right, so next is things to do before you start the build. Of course, now let's get into the mo most important part. Install WordPress. <laughs> no, 
Just kidding. Of course you're going to do that. Um, it doesn't matter how you install it, whether you do it through Softaculous uh, or cPanel, that is, or uh, just manual install, or even on localhost. It really doesn't matter what you do as long as it's on your server. Okay. Uh, I build on localhost because I need a compiler to compile my SAS and it's better, it's quicker for me on, on localhost. Uh, I take that over to a live preview URL, live preview domain for, uh, for the client to check, but I start local. It really doesn't matter. If you want to build on online, then just go build online. Uh, all right, so once you have WordPress installed, get the theme and the child theme. You're gonna need a child theme. Don't think that, oh, I need to, if I don't have, uh, if I don't have modifications to CSS or even if CSS, if I don't have modifications to PHP, like fuck off, no. So people who say that can fuck off. They can fuck the fuck off. That's, they're just perpetuating a useless, a useless metric, all right? So look, child themes, I'll just, I'll just really make it short and simple, all right? Child themes, um, there's, all there are all of the advantage you can get from a child theme that keeps a lot of things safe and easier for you to update okay and uh, customize there is absolutely nothing of advantage of not having a child theme so if you don't have a child theme there is absolutely no advantage there are lots of advantages by having a child theme installing a child theme takes two minutes at best even if you have nothing set up it takes two minutes at most just install child theme customizer plugin di uh, analyze your parent theme start a new child theme and then activate that that's it so there's absolutely no excuse seriously no excuse like i don't know why people try to think that they're being like smart and like if someone client asks you like do i need a child theme oh if you're not going to be doing php edits you don't need a child theme like fuck off stop saying that you know like if the, if it's something that only takes a few minutes a couple of minutes and has all the advantages and no disadvantages why not do it what the fuck why not do it, it you don't look smart you look stupid you stupid face you know so yeah you're gonna install a theme install a child theme okay um, and then next install some image optimizer if it's at the beginning of a build smush it is fine um, Robin is another free plugin but Robin actually has more functionality than smush it so uh, it's either or I use either smush it or that uh, I've heard good things about what is it tiny PNG and a few other image optimizers, but I always use Smushit and uh, uh, Robin, so yeah. And also install safe, safe SVG. WordPress used to have, we used to allow SVGs if you add the file type uh, in the function functions file, but it, it didn't work for me, so I just gave up, and um, I use the safe SVG plugin now, so that's fine, okay? Now, the reason why people complain so much about SVGs and the reason why WordPress has clamped down on SVGs is because there are a lot of people out there who give out free icons in a form of SVG files and include JavaScript in the SVG, SVG files. So SVG files are basically an HTML snippet 
that acts like an image. And that's why uh, it comes from a vector because it's all calculated vector-like, vector-wise, okay? So you can actually put in between the script tag, you can actually include JavaScript and that can become malware if you install it on your website. Now, safe SVG plugin can scan for that and warn you if there's a bad SVG file and I make my own SVGs anyway, so it really doesn't matter. Okay, there you go. So add an image optimizer and safe SVG. Next, uh, contact form. If you are using Divi, do not use a Divi contact form. I've seen that cause problems and that was a major problem once a few years ago. So after that, I've never ever used the Divi contact form after that because when it's cached, the DV contact form has shown problems, especially with the fastest cache, cache plugin. Um, the contact form doesn't send anything and the DV contact form by default doesn't even save anything to the database. So what the fuck? All right, so um, contact form seven, I like using contact form seven because it's so bare bones and raw. It, and it has all the add-ons that I need. So you can add a database add-on, you can add like a PayPal add-on, a Stripe add-on, you can just do all kinds of stuff, right? Um, conditionals and all that. But if you want everything in one package, just get Gravity Forms. It is worth the money, um, it's especially if it's not my money, if it's the agency money. <laughs> um, but yeah, Gravity Forms does everything. It has way more add-ons. And even and if you get like Gravity Perks as well, it has everything that you need from a contact form. And it is really good. Styling it is not too hard either because there's this guy who made a Divi module for Gravity Form, so it's actually pretty good, okay? All right, next is a thing that I install regularly that I use as like my little secret um, easy hack, not hack, uh, uh, sh shortcut. Uh, there's, a, there's a plugin called Animate It, all right? Now, Divi has a lot of animations that comes with the modules and rows and sections and everything, right? But sometimes I, because I want to get way more granular with, with my styling, um, I could, I could write jQueries to detect when it's scrolled and it's on the screen. But sometimes, uh, just having this animate it plugin there, um, and then using the animated uh, classes from the class generator and then using that and then using those classes with my CSS helps simplify a lot of things and it doesn't cause much to the load on the website so it doesn't it doesn't weigh down the load that is so I'm fine with that so I just install that sometimes and there's a lot of cool tricks you can do with it uh, so I, I install animated now if you don't know how to use it or if you don't care or if you're fine with Divi module uh, animations, that's fine, you don't need that. Um, also, if you're using Divi, turn off all the caching, all right? Turn off all the caching. Uh, the only thing that I turn on is the JavaScript JS aggregation, which is second from the bottom, uh, uh, what is it, switch, uh, right above, two, two, two steps above the, the custom CSS field and go to Builder Advanced and turn off the static CSS and then turn off the caching, all right? So all caching is off. And if you're on SiteGround, turn off the SiteGround plugin. That is a piece of shit plugin, so turn that shit off. And 
a lot of people try to, I don't know why, they keep the plug, they keep the caching on. Don't, don't keep the caching on. Why do you do that? And then like so many people when they have a problem, like, oh, it's showing this, but I can't see it on the front end. Like 90% of those solutions is refreshing the cache. So why the fuck are you leaving the cache on? That is like the bit best solution to most problems. Why not just make that a standard practice? You, I always activate the cache once it's migrated because before that, it's no use, right? We don't need speed optimization. I built everything so it will be cached well. That's it. I don't care about it until it's migrated. That's when I optimize it, right? So yeah, turn off, turn off all the cache. But install, I, I, do, I do install cache and aggregator uh, uh, to optimize aggregator plugins, but it doesn't really matter. You can just do that once it's live and once it's migrated. So yeah, turn off all the cache, okay? So those are all the things that you can do before you start. Um, I went through them pretty quickly, so now I have enough time to go into news. And we have a lot of cool stuff in the news, all right? It's a lot of fun. All right, I'll see you there. Okay, we are back. Now this past week, and this is the first week of December 2019, um, we have just gone through Black Friday, and it, I guess it is Cyber Monday, but um, we've gone through a lot of, um, we've gone through Black Friday, and I'm pretty sure you're all tired of hearing about Black Friday. Uh, a lot of Black Friday sales, I feel, are not that good, um, but I don't know, to each his own. If you got to make money, if you got to buy stuff, I guess it helps. But anyways, let's see. What happened was Yoast SEO, right? Yoast caused a shit storm. <laughs> and I have, I have a bunch of links to show that, right? Now, what Yoast did was because it was Black Friday, they put up an animated banner GIF on the WordPress dashboard and people logged into the dashboard, WordPress admin dashboard, and they're like, what the fuck is this? What the hell is going on? And everybody just freaked the fuck out. And the argument that happened because of this is, the two sides is, A, this is intrusive. It is, it, it, uh, um, it goes, what is it? It breaks WordPress plugin guidelines. It is unethical and it, nobody gave consent to give up their dashboard, right? That is the majority of people, which I agree with. The other side is saying it's a free plugin. They're allowed, they're allowed ads. What did you expect? Those people can fuck off because this is if you have ads nobody on the um on the first side that i mentioned the, the perspective uh nobody is ha has problems with seeing ads on the plugin page even if some of them are way too much over the top still that's not a problem but if you if that's the first thing that you see when you log on to the wordpress dashboard then we're gonna have a problem I saw that on my website as well. I just log into, logged into almostinevitable.com and I saw Yoast SEO 
uh, animated banner. I was like, fuck off. Now I'm gonna, I delete, I delete, I, I will actually, after I record this, I'm gonna delete Yoast SEO and install something called the SEO framework. Now, when this happened, people on Reddit were just fuming and this, this guy, this developer who works at SEO Framework um, started answering people's questions and it, I, I read his answers and I really liked it. So I'm gonna, try, I'm gonna try SEO Framework. Yeah, so yeah, fuck off Yoast. Now the thing is, Yoast is insanely widely used. Out of the 1 million top websites in the world, 15% of them use the free version of Yoast. That is insane. That is insane. Out of what the top 1 million, 15%. So that is what? 150, that's right, right? Yeah, 150,000 websites in the top websites in the world use free Yoast, free version, the free version. So think about what kind of pandemonium happened because of that, right? So. Um, and, and like I said, nobody would have said anything if they had that ad on their uh, plugin panel, plugin page. But no, they just came into the dashboard, which means the dashboard isn't safe. WordPress can just be, the WordPress guidelines can just be ignored and you can just add an ad anywhere if they wanted to. So yeah, Yoast has has gotten about a hundred one stars over the t past two days. <laughs> so I've read somewhere that, now correct me if I'm wrong, but I've read somewhere that people, like the developers and some people, a lot of people who work there um, said that this was a bad idea, but ultimately the SEO um, said it that they wanted to do it. They have, they have since updated Yoast to not do that and they have also released a public apology. Now that public apology was after after the SEO or the wife of the SEO or whoever it was uh, went on a, 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 a on the defensive saying like oh yeah but we'll, you can just turn it off like fuck you right so that happened a lot there was a there was a bunch of shit happening they deleted comments and they they closed down topics. It was just a mess. So Yoast can fuck off. That's that's it. All right, so that, that's what happened. I have a bunch of links to that. You can go check it out yourself. And I also have the link to um, SEO, uh, SEO, uh, what is it? Fucking SEO framework. Talking about SEO, uh, recently I got an email. Remember how um, one episode I talked about, I think it was from door-to-door -door cannibals. I talked about uh, cold emails, right? I f if you get an email from someone who is advertising their services, you just delete that email, right? Now, I got an email recently about someone saying like, oh, I read your website and I was impressed with this. And like, that's how everybody starts, right? With their with their cold emails. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna delete this. I was almost there. But then I read, um, they wanted, it's not actually them wanting me to hire them, it was them asking me for a backlink. I said, what? And then I read the email a few times and it said, it had nothing. Like it's not a, it's not a tit for tat. Um, they wanted a backlink, they offered nothing in advance, nothing for me. So 
was like, well, I, I can do that, but you, you don't, you're not offering anything. Well, what do you, what do you, what am I getting out of this? Right? So, um, he explained, uh, stuff like about what was going on and, um, basically what what's happening is wix the motherfucking wix the wix who does not have paged revisions wix who has only one mobile breakpoint wix who is not responsive actually thinks that they their seo tools are okay well we'll see so what happened is wix hired two different agencies one using Wix and one not using Wix to have an SEO battle, all right? So if you go to wix.com slash SEO hyphen battle, you'll see that page. And of course that page is not responsive because it's made with fucking Wix. Um, and the website that, and I, I'm, at, I'm actually adding another uh, uh, backlink, two backlinks on my website to this, uh, wixseohaters.com and so SEO haters and SEO lovers are competing for the top spot and there's a few weeks left of this competition. And uh, so that's why if you have a lot of backlinks, it really helps your SEO, it helps your site authority and all that. So these guys are working really hard to beat the other company with their SEO. And uh, it's, it's, it's fun to read that page, check out that page and just check how shitty Wix is and to see how the stats are going and read about SEO. Okay, so I think that's uh, that's interesting. You can check that out. Uh, next, this is on a website called Web Designer Depot and the title is, oh wait, where'd it go? There it is. Title is 10 Popular Design Trends, It's Time to Let Die. Yeah, I'm gonna go through the list and I'm sure you would agree, but if you don't, please, learn that these things are now dated. Number one, cheesy stock photos. Yeah, yeah, right? Like like shaking hands and all that shit, right? All right, number two, hero sliders. Oh, hero sliders. I'm gonna talk about hero sliders in one episode in the future. Yeah, I hate hero sliders. I mean, fuck off. Um, number three, autoplay. Videos autoplay, I'm not going to your website. Uh, number four, the three-click rule. If you are trying to do something and it takes more than three clicks, um, users will drop off. So don't make it too complicated. Number five, external links that open in the same tab. I fucking hate that shit. And I actually got into an argument with someone about this. And see, see, I'm right. And if you don't think so, stop that shit. I'm, I'm not wrong. I know what I'm talking about. If it's an external link, it should open in a new tab. If it's an external link, it should. If it's a if it's an internal link, if you're going within the website, then it should open inside the tab. Okay, because you it's jarring to go to a new website when you click on a tab. Now that's why I actually published a tutorial on the Divi uh, social media buttons, having them open in a new tab because Divi doesn't do that by default. So I I. I Put up a tutorial on that and then this guy this badass who is who thinks he knew shit try to tell me like oh i think it should really tell him to fuck off but you know he we agree to disagree which means um 
he's gonna live his life wrong. All right, next. <laughs> Fuckers. All right, so number six, non-traditional scrolling. So this is called scroll jacking. When you, t- when you keep scrolling, things don't go down and then things move sideways and stuff. And it, it, sometimes it's really frustrating. The Apple website does that as well, but it's done in a way that it doesn't feel jarring or like it's jacked, which is why it's called scroll jacking. Like if you go sideways, it's, it's, gonna, it's gonna annoy people. Uh, next, number seven, keyword meta tag. Um, it's, it's not being supported, so it's, it's not very useful, but people still do it, stop it. Pop-ups, bad pop-ups, nobody likes bad pop-ups, but um, marketers love bad pop-ups, they can fuck off, but pop-ups worked for some reason, but I hate them. Let's just stop that shit. Next, slow loading websites, of course. Yeah, yeah, well, whatever, of course. Flash is number 10, of course. Nobody uses Flash anymore, do we? Let's hope not. If Yeah, I haven't touched Flash in a really long time. All right, next, let's go to resources. back to resources all right now these resources actually are very useful they all they always are but you know hopefully this one is more useful <laughs> all right number one uh, contracts now this website called um, I don't I don't know how you pronounce this uh, it's Hong Hongkiat Hongkiat I don't know honky Hong I don't know uh, it's it's about uh, contracts. When you when you are a freelancer and you write a contract, when you sign a contract, there are things that you should try to fight or should try to uh, change if there if there are clauses in the contract that are uh, harmful to you and your future uh, work. All right. So have have a read. It's very it's very it's very well written and it's actually very useful. Like portfolio display rights. It's important, but if a clause from a company with their clever lawyers are trying to block you from using some stuff that you did, you know, because a lot of companies actually do that. The work that you did for them, you can't use that anywhere else, of course, but you should let me, you should at least try to, you should at least try to uh, negotiate so you can have the portfolio display rights, you know? So yeah, that's one. Um, rights to use unused sketches because there are a lot of things not just the sketches but there's a lot of designs that you have that you know go through the process of being you know the creative process and they might not use and things that you have to trash but you can use later on but then if some like i said some clever lawyers from corporate find a way to try to block everything that you're doing like you own like, like they own you you're going to have to fight to you know, uh, uh, you know, you reuse the stuff that you did because it's it's yours, you know, and yeah. So, like I said, if you read through this, it really explains things really well. So yeah. 
number three, the right to walk away. This is um, at least including an exit strategy and have try to make sure that uh, every if, if things go sour, um, you are not either bound by a really shitty contract that you have to uh, honor and just destroy yourself or you know you find a way out of the contract so uh, yeah kill fees usually do that but anyways just um, make sure that you have an exit strategy uh, number four the right to dis to solve disputes near you which is also another thing like if if somebody uh, is far away and then they can just wear you down by just you know having you appear in a out of state out of state court or whatever it just it could be a very very big hassle or problem if you have to, you have a dispute where you know you can't be present and it, it, it can become a problem so uh, those are little things that a lot of people might not realize that could help a well-written contract can usually cover most of that but you know if they if the company shoves a contract in your face then you know you're gonna be you're gonna have to negotiate right okay let's go to the next one um, this one is also from web designer depot and this one is about SEO keyword explanations and I think this is really interesting because we were talking about SEO right um, they, they go through a lot of what types of keywords they are like short tail keywords brand keywords broad exact long tail buyer tire kicker and it's worth a read i i found it very um helpful it's it's at least you you know once you read that you and it helps you understand what the seo experts are talking about you know so that'll help so that's a good resource uh last i was waiting for waiting to say this on the ipad there are i think two maybe three at best good professional level vector uh editors vector image editors okay one would be of course my favorite affinity designer and another would be vectornator <laughs> vectornator and third would be what was it concepts i think yeah concepts isn't too bad either uh i i think i bought that a long time ago uh, there, yeah, like there's a there's a handful, seriously just a handful, like three, two, two, three or four at best. Uh, Vectornator is another really really popular because it is free, but it is professional level. It's the full suite. It, there's no premium version because what you get the free version is the whole thing, and it was on iPad and it is now on the Mac, which fucking means you actually get pretty pretty professional level vector image editors on the Mac for free. Of course you can say like, oh yeah, well you had that thing. Ink Inkscape Inkscape sucks. Inkscape is free, but it just looks ugly as shit and it sucks, right? So Vectornator, way better. Concer cons considering the price, it's so good. So yeah, it's not it's not the best. It's not as good as De uh, Affinity Designer or Adobe Illustrator, but still it's fucking free. It's really good. You can use that for making logos, making SVGs, uh, for making design proofs. It's really good. So have a, have a look. They recently released it. 
and it's only going to get better and it's free. So that's all really awesome. Okay. All right. So next episode, uh, I, I even have, I even have the title. Uh, it's episode 17, Left Unfinished. Also another Machine Head song because we're just going to go with Machine Head for these two episodes. <laughs> yeah. So uh, next episode, we're going to talk about things to do during the build and things to do, yeah, during the build. So how we're going to go about doing that. Okay. All right. So I will see you in episode, what is it, 17? And uh, take care until then. All right. I'll see you then. Bye-bye.